You're now listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Welcome to episode 153 of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast, brought to you by Drip Drop ORS. Drip Drop ORS was invented to treat dehydration in the most challenging circumstances. Dehydration has a profound effect on your health, mood, and performance. Used by top hospitals across the country, Drip Drop ORS is safe enough for everyday use and powerful enough to help battle dehydration in the most challenging circumstances. Used by athletes, firefighters, military members, the Garage Guys, NASCAR fans, and right now, Drip Drop is out there on the front lines making sure that hospitals and patients that have been affected by COVID-19 are getting hydrated and getting well and better. There is not another company that I would want to say Garage Guys is working with as good as Drip Drop right now. Just really out there just doing God's work. Amazing product as well, and we want you to try it if you get over to dripdrop.com today you can use promo code garage guys 20 you'll save 20 percent on your purchase and for the time being if you get over to my twitter page at garage guy chase you can check out my pinned tweet give that a retweet and i will be mailing you a pack of drip drop to try for yourself may even throw in a sticker or a nice little handwritten letter that's almost like barely legible so there's always that but uh but guys uh it's episode 153 there has been a lot to talk about, so much to chat about. Uh, there's so much happened on Easter night. We, we're trying to figure out if Jesus is proud. I say no. Um, it's, it's, it's been a really weird Easter, and just the fact that we are uh, all isolated in quarantine doesn't help. Uh, we had a little bit of iRacing action and some crazy stuff that happened at an iRace on Sunday night. And, of course, Westworld Season 3, Episode 5, uh, the show titled Genre has dropped. I will be recapping that. But, uh, but guys, we got some news. Uh, young, young boy Drew, uh, our, our grandpa Drew, we don't, we don't really know what to call him. He is, uh, he's passed out once again. So Sleepy Drew will not be making it onto the show. Thought I was going to be rolling solo. Um, and then, like a phoenix rising from the ashes, one man grinds on the computers. He makes race car schemes, and he makes badass ones at that. Guys, quickly becoming – uh, eye racing and just paint scheming legend on Twitter. It's none other than Mr. Noah Sweet, better known as Lefty, has decided to hop on and join us. Noah, how are you on this uh, this fine Easter Sunday? I'm doing just fine. How about you? I'm doing good, man. Dude, thank you so much for uh, for being a part of the show, man. I know it was kind of last minute, but uh, but it's better late than never, as we like to say, because I know you've been a very very busy boy. Oh yeah, big time, big, big time, busy. It's just been a, just been a kind of, you know, kind of grind away at everything. It's, it's just a matter of getting everything done at this rate. It doesn't matter right. when. 
Right, man, dude, exactly. Like I know, I know when I first reached out to you, whenever uh, you designed the, uh, the garage guys, uh, the Chevy Camaro, the first car that I reached out to, you were kind of just getting in the groove. You had some big stuff happen uh, before then. And then when I ended up seeing your Twitter page, I was like, man, this dude makes some fresh ass paint schemes. I was like, I got to hit this guy up. And then since then, it's just when, when everything happened with coronavirus, iRacing boom took off, like you're, you you've skyrocketed so it's got to be amazing and we definitely uh definitely want to hear that story and we'll definitely chat about that but i, I think we got to address the elephant in the room uh the big news of easter sunday happened late sunday night uh there was a i-race being put on i think that you actually one of your cars was in it landon castle and garrett smithley put on a uh, i-race event at monza uh which is very different and uh, it's like more of a more of a uh, F1 track, right? Yeah, it's 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 the old uh, oval circuit that they had like in the '60s. That's closed off now, but iRacing had it scanned. It was actually Carb Cup's last uh, last race that they were doing last week, and it's uh, <laughs> it's a, it's a difficult track. <laughs> right. Uh, we know there was PR carnage, and we'll definitely discuss that. But was there uh like how how bad? I didn't get to watch a lot of the race. I don't know if you got to tune into it. Uh, but the promo that Landon put up earlier on Twitter. Uh, it looked like there was a lot of wreckage that goes down at that place. Uh, yeah, if any of you guys have played Wreckfest, it was pretty much the eye-raising version of Wreckfest. Uh, <laughs> I think everybody in the race had, on average, about 10 incidents. Uh, it was definitely not, definitely not professional-looking, but it definitely was fun to watch nonetheless. It, looked, it definitely looked like a carb cup race. Oh man. Yeah. And for the carb cup, I'm like, I said, I'm, I'm just learning about our racing. A lot of our listeners, um, you know, we, we definitely have NASCAR listeners. We have a lot of football NFL guys that listen and girls that listen to the show too. carb cup races. That's uh, for more like the beginners for I racing, correct? Yeah. For everybody starting out to advance your rank and whatnot. I've only gotten to oval class D. Uh, usually I end up midway through the pack and qualifying and end up getting taken out in some unconventional way but like yeah. the, the six-year-olds that like try to whip in and just like check check this out i'm just gonna like get up under his car and let him drag me around like stuff like that <laughs> does that does they have a lot of that yeah, they, exactly yeah they don't they don't know yeah they don't know how to hit you square on the back stretch and they take you out or someone's using a controller and can't stay straight and hold a line it's it's usually a mix of both most of the time Right. And we know that these races aren't going anywhere, but we're, we're seeing a lot of these cup drivers now that the iRacing Pro Invitational has been such a hit over the past few weeks, um, airing live on Fox, getting over a million views. Um, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot more events go on through the week. I know that uh, Ryan Vargas has another uh, e-truck night in America. We're excited. Ronnie Osmer is going to be running the Garage Guys uh, Chevy Silverado. So we're pumped about that. One of your schemes going to be rocking and rolling again. And, of course, we have our Monday night races, uh, Erska. So, tonight, you guys be sure to tune in on Sim TV, SYM, uh, over on YouTube. You'll be able to watch the race. I think we're going to be at Dover. So, we'll have uh, Kenny and Kyle Lowry. Kyle will be on the Twitch stream uh, this week in the uh, Drip Drop number 2 Toyota Supra, another uh, fine beast that you created. And uh, so we're going to be really excited. I know that I uh, hope to see all you guys listen, all the listeners out there uh, be tuned into that. And we'll be doing some streams uh, and on Lugnut's hub as well. We'll have Lugnut uh, being the spotter for Kyle. But, but, you know, you got so many of these big drivers. Well, getting back on topic, so much to talk about. Good Lord. 
you think that when sports would quit that that everything would would be uh would be pretty null but like no it's quite the opposite actually when you start dipping into all the other esports and things but we uh we had Kyle Larson enter into this uh this race at Monza and of course Landon Castle and Garrett Smithley put it on um and there was some really disturbing stuff that went down on a Twitch stream and I wasn't watching the race, but I found out about it. And for those of you um, that haven't seen it yet, uh, Kyle Larson thought it would be a cool idea to use a racial slur on a live Twitch stream with a shitload of followers, knowing that there's definitely people on NASCAR Twitter that would be watching. And it did not take long at all for somebody to tweet about it. Of course, I see it. Um, you know, you want to get the, these words out because it's not okay whatsoever for anybody to use that type of language or say that type of stuff. And I, I just, I expected better from Kyle, man. I don't know. How, how were you taken by this news? Uh, of course, when I first saw it, I mean, I'm on Twitter all the time looking at trends and stuff like that. See if anybody's like looking at paint schemes or whatnot or something I can hop onto. And when I started seeing it, I thought people were just, you know, memeing, you know, I thought it was a joke, but then I started seeing the Twitch clips I started seeing all the evidence and at first I was wishful thinking. So I'm a very wishful thinker. Um, I thought he was saying something along the lines of, Hey, Kligerman. And maybe he let his you know, finger off the push to talk button and it cut him off. And it sounded like he said, you know, what he said. And uh, after, uh, after a few hours of people investigating and poking through uh, different streams and different clips, it definitely sounds like that's, Definitely sounds like that's what he said. It's unfortunate. Oh, dude, hands down. Like I knew, I knew the moment that I watched the video, hearing it, because like it reminds you of like when you're a kid and you're on Call of Duty at like two o'clock in the morning, and like some like arrogant little white kid just starts saying it, and then you're just like, like this is the most ignorant shit I've ever heard, and you get off the stream or whatever. But it's like this is a grown ass man. Like this dude is like I think he's a year younger than me. You think he's like 27? You're a grown ass man. And you're a professional race car driver. You got your dream job, literally. You know, you got, you got two huge sponsors. You know, you got to literally have a, a, a bank as your sponsor. And you have the largest fast food franchise as your sponsor. And you go and fuck it up over an iRace on Easter Sunday by saying something that maybe he thought it was funny. And I, I, that's the only thing that I could judge that as. Because, but when he, he, hit, he hit him with the hard R, Noah. And when you hit them with the hard R, like, that's, that's when it's real. Like, that's when it's like, okay, like, I mean, it's real either way around, but it's like, that's when it's like the next level. And of course, NASCAR does not need that kind of attention because like we, I feel like we've, like we as NASCAR fans have come so far to like get away from that stereotype. And we've made so many like changes and strides and then just to get like fucking punched in the face like this. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's shitty and you hate to see it. And now we just got to sit back and see what's going to happen with Chip Ganassi. But I mean, if I'm going to go ahead and make my speculation, I mean, it's very, very easy for me to say that, that we're, we're going to be seeing him let go from Chip Ganassi. Yeah. I mean, I said just about the same thing on Twitter a couple hours ago about how like we, how we were just rebounding from that whole kneeling situation and NASCAR having politics brought into it. Uh, along the lines of, you know, a bunch of political Twitter accounts just tagging NASCAR with like, <clears throat> excuse me, like five-year-old articles about NASCAR with the Confederate flag in the infield and stuff like that. So I'm expecting that hellstorm tomorrow morning. But right. we've been we've been trying so hard to step away from that from that kind of 
reputation. And I've been going to the races out out at Michigan for like four straight years now. I've gone to the June race and I've gone to the August race. I've been in the infield for at least, I think, three times out of all those. I'm telling you, not a single Confederate flag. I know it's Michigan. I know it's pretty northern. I don't go to the Talladega races. I don't go to all the races in North Carolina, so I don't know what it's like there. But from what I'm told, like NASCAR is such a, it's it's trying to shift away from that cultural, you know, appro- what what word? I don't know. It's late. Yeah, just yeah. I uh, know, dude. It's uh, and and I know what you mean, and the listeners know what you mean too. Like you know, you're trying to get away from just like that that dark time in history, basically, like where, where that was like an acceptable thing. Like, you know, you turn on the movie days of thunder. First thing you see at Daytona, like the first scene of the fucking movie is literally our big ass Confederate flag. Like some (laughs) dudes standing on the fucking, like on the trailers. And it's like, you know, that's, that's, that goes into that whole heritage, not hate shit. Like, I don't believe that. Like I'm from the South dude. I'm from, I, I was like, my family's from a town that was like one of the most racist fucking towns. Like I grew up despising where I lived. Like, and so, you know, you, 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 you're around a lot of these people and these, these old dogs, you know, you have a lot of old dogs in the sport of NASCAR. They don't want anything to change. They see it one way, but it's like people like me and you, and, and a lot of these younger fans of the NASCAR YouTubers and, you know, a lot of the content people, you know, like, you know, like ourselves with garage guys, and you got a lot of other people out there that's doing great things. You know, we're, 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 we can keep that Southern heritage. Like, yeah, you're going to see me at a, at a racetrack wearing like jorts, like cut off shorts and shit. And like, just like with the mustache and the trucker hats, like I'm going to be repping that shit. But like all the other stereotypical shit that comes with that doesn't, doesn't have to belong. You know, you can, you can differentiate that stuff. And, and you say you've never been to Talladega, you know, there, you, there's definitely your people that are flying rebel flags and shit at Talladega. But the beauty of it is, is that when you actually go there and you're in the infield, it's all love, man. Like everybody at Dega for the past two years that I've been going, like, it, dude, it's, it's very diverse out there. Like, you know, you, you, it's not like just a white fest by any means but like there's there's culture there's it's blending like everybody's blending and there's new fans coming into it of all different races and so for Kyle to go and do something like this like it's selfish because like he he doesn't only reflect him and his brand and he can people can say that all day long but you know the media is going to use it as a collective and that's what hurts exactly the uh the big the big issue with with NASCAR is that is of course what we've been talking about it's got that cultural kind of bias we're automatically you know stupid you know stupid rednecks right. all the time but because like if, if this would have happened in the nfl nfl player would have said this hockey player basketball player the entire brand the entire association wouldn't be labeled as stupid racist rednecks if one of the players said that but here in nascar's case uh it's a different story it's unfair and unfortunately the uh, the culture that we took on in the nineties when NASCAR got super popular, they stuck with the country, they stuck with the good old boy, they stuck with the rednecks, you know, they kind of stuck with that kind of Confederate flag culture that uh, NASCAR just can't really find a way to get away from it. They can't be modern pop culture. They can't be, you know, something close to what basketball or football is because we're kind of stuck with what we started with. And it, it's, right. it's unfortunate, you know, we just can't change it. 
that's that's the hope though man like you know coming in me me growing up as a nascar fan like you know definitely you know i grew up around all that stuff you know i was in the 90s you know i've been to a race where i got to watch gordon and the rainbow warrior go against you know dale earnhardt senior so i mean like i'm fortunate to be able to say that i got to live through that era but you know like whenever whenever i decided that i was gonna take on nascar and kind of you know be able to balance fantasy football and NASCAR get back into a sport that I really loved that's one of my goals and that goal is not going anywhere man like you've got to bring culture into this sport pop culture you've got to bring different music you've got to bring different people you've got to do different things because and you can still keep that vibe like I said like when you go to certain racetracks like Talladega like if you don't it's almost a sin not to buy a pair of jorts and go to Talladega like I will yeah. say that, like yeah, like if you ever go, if you ever come to Dega with us, like we, we me and you were supposed to be at Dega in April, you know, yep, exactly. in another week from now. It was that's crazy. Like we, me and you were supposed to be meeting up there, and you know, but but we're not gonna get to do that now. But you know, we'll have another chance uh, when that time comes and when all this stuff gets straightened out in our country. But uh, I'll definitely be bringing you a pair of jorts, man. Don't worry, I got you back. <laughs> uh, I don't worry. I've already, I've already got like two pairs of them. Don't worry about that. Part. Oh, he's ready. He's ready. Okay, we're good. <laughs> but you know, you can do that. And then, like, who's to say why can't we have like a, a a fucking music festival in the infield? Look at the Snake Pit at the Indy 500. They had Skrillex, man. Like, that's the kind of shit that yep. I want to see in NASCAR. It's good yep. to have country and shit like that and all that. But but at some point, like, let, let's let's move it forward. Yeah. See, like up where up where I am in Michigan, uh, we've got we've got faster horses at MIS. It's like one of the biggest country music festivals like in the nation. It's crazy. And with that, that brings another thing for the whole cultural thing. Everybody in my like everybody in my high school always regarded that festival as extremely trashy and really disgusting, even though it's because it's because because it, everybody has this really bad stereotype on like country and and, you know good old boys and whatnot nowadays it's like it's almost like synonymous to like hate country music now yeah yeah and the the uh all the new country music hasn't helped that like florida georgia line and shit like all that <laughs> pop country and the glamour wearing diamonds on your ass and shit with affliction jeans like i don't know i can't i can't really get behind it but you know it is what it is but you know people like what they like and I, i'm the kind of guy where i'm like you know to each their own but there are certain boundaries that should not be crossed in, in, in where we are today. Like we're, we're trying to progress as a society. And, you know, like mm -hmm. I said, get, getting in more into, you know, what's going to come of this and kind of speculation. I was doing some reading um, and it's, it states in the NASCAR rule book, um, the section on conduct was the public statement or communication that criticizes, ridicules or otherwise disparages another person based upon that person's race, color, creed, national origin, gender, sexual orientation, marital status, religion, age, or handicapping condition as an action that could result in a fine and or indefinite suspension or termination. And that's in the NASCAR rule book. We saw Bubba Wallace get suspended another one of your paint schemes driving the blue emu 43 he rage quitted a game uh after he got wrecked and he lost blue emu just like that and then yeah. we had we had some tweets that came out i got got by one of the tweets that you quote tweeted i'm pretty sure were you, were you behind that joke uh which one <laughs> so there was one about how they were suing bubba wallace and oh you yeah it was the adam slurn account yeah i got yeah. I w i'm not gonna lie to you that had me for like five minutes yeah, I got got because I saw <laughs> yeah. you quote tweet it. I'm like, oh shit! Well, he made the fucking paint scheme. I was like, so obviously this is some real shit. I wasn't even checking for for the for the blue check. 
And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh damn, this is crazy. Like, you know, we, we made all of our jokes about it and you know, we, we gave our ha ha's at Bubba, but like for a company to do that, I was like, whoa, that's crazy. But we found out it was just a joke. That's not really happening. Um, but you know, with, with him losing a sponsor just over that, like th- this has got to be the end, the end for him. And, and he, you know, he made a statement back when he won the chili bowl. And, and, you know, I know that we don't need to be joking about shit like this because it is a serious thing, but like, I got to get this in, man. He said when he won the chili bowl, he said, this is better than winning the Daytona 500. And now he mm-hmm. gets to live his life back in the dirt. So that's good. You know, it's good for him in that aspect because yeah. you probably never get a chance to win a Daytona 500 anymore. So, you and know, it's, it's not to say that the whole dirt thing may, uh, may have an effect on it too. You know, it, I mean, yeah. it'll, it'll affect everything I'm sure, but Oh yeah, dude, he's, he'll, he's he'll have to find a lot of people. Yeah. He'll have to find a lot of people that are close to him if he wants to, to get more opportunities. If this, you know, doesn't blow over for him. Yeah. And there's been a lot of controversy in NASCAR history, man. I mean, you remember with the Tony Stewart stuff, I don't know how young you were when all that happened, but Oh uh, yeah, the when he uh, I think I think ran over and about. a guy. Yeah, yep. I mean, basically, people said he killed a guy. You know, and the the media uh, twisted yeah. it in all kinds of different ways, and that was around the time ESPN dropped away from NASCAR, and um, yeah, you know that happened, and so I mean, like you get a lot of this stuff, but there was some some kid on Twitter earlier tonight that was like kind of defending Kyle Larson. It just pissed me off like really bad, and he started like telling me, "Oh, go look back at this story about uh this." driver brian scott and bubba wallace and i'm like well here's the deal i don't know who brian scott is i've never heard of him and that's probably why i've never heard of him (laughs) because if he did say the same thing that kyle said that shows you what happens to people like that in this day and age you know but you know getting getting forward now let's say you know mcdonald's pulls out credit one pulls out there's two guys that I, that I have in mind that would take over the 42 at Chip Ganassi Racing. The first one, I think, uh, you know, we might be able to agree on both of them. But the popular call, you know, I've seen everybody on Twitter, they're all talking about Ross Chastain to the 42. We've been seeing him run uh, before Corona took over. We saw him, you know, in Ryan Newman's car. He's not doing too, too bad. And it is about that time for Ross to take over. We know that he wants a full-time cup ride. Um, I think that Ross is, is worthy of a spot at Chip Ganassi Racing. I think he would be pretty good in the 42 if we, we saw him in there. Who would the sponsor be, though? That's the question. Watermelon Farmers of America? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've, been, I've made a couple, like, uh, what you say, like fictional paint schemes yeah. of, a, of a Ross Chastain, like cup car, you know what I mean? I even did, like, a Dodge Challenger. Uh, but I've, I've, been, I've been watching Chastain for a while, and I – I remember he uh, he sparked up uh, in the Xfinity series. I think was it like 20, 2017, 2018, using the forty two DC Solar car, and that ride got yoinked from him after DC Solar got like bagged for for something. I can't remember what it was something like false, uh, maybe something about money laundering. I can't remember what it was, but it got the the CEO got like raided from by the FBI or something like that, and the brand had to pull their sponsorship, and that and that ride pretty much got pretty much got sacked for it and the Xfinity program fell apart for, uh, for Chip Ganassi. It was, it was rough, but Chastain didn't let him get him down. He, he ran the truck series and had a pretty much an unsponsored truck for 75% of the season and almost pretty much won the whole damn thing. It was, it was amazing. And he just won't let anything stop him. He's always hungry. It's, it's crazy. And you got to love the fact that anytime he wins a race, he smashes a watermelon. You know, we, we've, yeah, you gotta love that. <laughs> we, we've talked about this. We've talked about this before on the show, especially, you know, when we were playing DFS before the cup series, you know, was put on hold. 
Um, you know, we were playing a lot of him in our DFS lineups because he had really good value. His price was really good. Um, and, you know, just to see him full time would be good. Just the personality. NASCAR needs more personalities like that. And um, and anytime you can get a guy that's like pretty flamboyant about what he does and he's out there and he's just being himself, he's a good character. That's uh, that, that's what we need right now. So I personally, this is this is a challenge. Like, we'll see how this goes. I would love to see him in a watermelon airheads 42. That would be sick. That sounds like a cool scheme idea. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> yeah, like just imagine nice like colorful. The, yeah. the big, like a, like a monochrome green with the 42 mm. and then like the big warhead. Yeah, that would be, that would be incredible. Um, the other guy that I think does deserve a shot that got cut short out of cup racing is Daniel Hemrick. You know, we saw him at RCR running the eight. Um, and of course, Tyler Reddick came in. I do think Tyler Reddick is a better fit. Um, you know, for the cup series right now at, at that team, because I mean, we just saw him do some incredible stuff in Xfinity. And, you know, I think that Tyler is, can definitely, you know, do a little bit more with the, with the wheel. And he's, uh, I'm not going to sit here and say he's hungrier than Daniel Hemrick by any means, because everybody out there is hungry for a win. But, mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, like, I mean, I don't think they made a bad call getting Tyler in there, but it would be good to see Daniel Hemrick get back in the cup series. And this could be an opportunity for him to do that. Uh, depending on what he could pull through. But uh, with, with what we did see out of him at RCR, I mean, I know that you're, you're a NASCAR fan as well. You wouldn't be doing all the stuff that you did if you weren't. Um, do you think that Hemrick would be deserving of that ride? I always thought Hemrick was a real down-to-earth guy. I really liked him a lot. Uh, and I was really hoping the best for him for the eight, for the eight car. But um, I was always never too hopeful of the equipment. Um, I, I, I've always been saying I, I'd hope I, I wish they could give Reddick or Hemrick when he had it, they'd give him, you know, a three car equipment, maybe rebrand it. So it doesn't piss people off saying it's not, it's not Childress. It's not an Earnhardt driving it, you know, just rebrand it to the 29 or something like that. Like what it used to be, right. you know, so he'd have better equipment. I mean, right now Reddick is outperforming that eight equipment big time. He, he is being restricted hard and he needs to be in better. He needs to be in a better car. Uh, as far as, as far as Hemrick goes, I, I think he just needs to be at home somewhere. Like he, he loved, he loved that team. He was with an Xfinity and he was performing really, really well. Cause it was a really good car and it was a real good team. And when you jump over to it's, it's like, it's like changing schools, you know, your, your grades are going to suck when you don't like where you are. Right. You're not going to, you're not going to do well. You know, obviously you want to be with the people that brought you to where you are. And when you're not there, it's just the groove doesn't stick. And with something like NASCAR, you need to be consistent. And uh, Hemrick kind of, I mean, he had a pull in Kansas. That was, that was pretty spectacular. I didn't see that coming. I'm not sure how they pulled that one through or what kind of, <laughs> what kind of a uh, body manipulation they did the car to get there, but Hey. <laughs> yeah. They made it happen that the shoe fits, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, dude, there's so many options. And like I said, you know, it's, it's Monday by the, by the time you guys are listening to this right now, you're probably already going to know more than we know. So keep that in mind and definitely let us know what your thoughts are on this. Hit us up at GGFS podcast. Uh, we want to know what you're thinking. Call the hotline 929-430-GGFS. Leave us a message. We'll definitely get to it. But, but getting off of all that craziness that's happened over this weekend, we want to talk a little bit about you, man. Uh, like I said earlier in the show, you know, I, I, I found you over Twitter. Um, I was scrolling through Twitter one night and I was, you know, just, I've been like really uh, branching out in, in the NASCAR community since I started writing for Roto Baller um, and just falling back in love with the sport. You know, I finally got myself where, you know, I'm, I've got a good bit of knowledge. 
I've won some tournaments on DraftKings. You know, we're, we're going out to these tracks. We're talking with drivers. We're having a ball. Just genuinely doesn't even feel like I'm working when I'm out there. Like, it just feels like we're just, you know, we're fans just having a good time. And, um, you know, so, uh, of course, the more people I follow on Twitter, the more uh, streams I get of people that are in NASCAR Twitter and in those communities. And just like the real NASCAR, it's like a family, you know. So, I mean, like, we we, we all tend to get along pretty well. I, I, I hate way more people in, on fantasy football Twitter world than I do in the NASCAR Twitter world. So, you know, there's just all kinds of different things. But there seems to be more positivity uh, where we've been. And when I found your stuff, I think one of the first tweets that I saw by you, it was, it was a comment where Dale Jr. had commented underneath uh, a scheme that you did where you redesigned for a Clint Boyer car with Barstool Sports. And I saw where Dale had commented on there, and I saw like what you had did and the changes that you made, and I'm like, like that's pretty fucking fire. So like this dude is like making these paint schemes. I went back and looked at your account, looked at some of the other stuff that, that you had been talking about, things you've been doing. I'm like, okay, well this, this dude knows what the hell he's got going on. And in the back of my mind, I had been just sitting around in my room doing five-year-old crayon sketches of car schemes. And that wasn't working out for me too well. So <laughs> I, uh, when I ended up hitting you up, man, I was, I was relieved. You know, I got to chat with you a little bit and we talked and, and you ended up making the sexiest car I've ever seen in my life, which is obviously I'm a little bit biased, but um, it was amazing. But when, when did all this start for you? And like, what age did you know that this is something you enjoyed doing? How did you get to where you are right now? Uh, well, obviously, uh, it all started when I started watching NASCAR when God know how old I was. I, I was in diapers, probably. Uh, I'd always been uh, a huge racing fan. Uh, I grew up in uh, Brooklyn, Michigan, right next to the track. I mean, just a hop, sk- hop, skip, and a jump away from the track. You were christened we in were the blood rich. of NASCAR. <laughs> exactly. <Yep. laughs> uh, my uh, my family, uh, big Ford fans. Uh, my grandpa was from Kentucky, and my grandma was from West Virginia. So my mom kind of grew up with a bit of a Southern accent, and I had I had a bit of one as a kid. But um, as soon as we moved away from Brooklyn, um, when I was around, I'd say nine years old. Uh, I went from Brooklyn to Tecumseh and Tecumseh had a bit of a higher tax bracket and there's a lot of higher society people there. And as soon as I went there, I was asking people what their favorite driver was and you know, who, you know, what they like to do. And there was not a single NASCAR fan in that school. So right. kids would make kids kind of made fun of how I talked to, they thought I was stupid. So I tried to, I tried to change the way I talked. It, it was real hard on me. And oh, fuck that right peer around, pressure. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> So yeah, like right around when I turned like 11, I, I stopped watching NASCAR collectively. Like I wanted to be a race car driver. You know, I did BMX uh, and Baranci. Hell like, yeah. And I, I, I tried, I tried to do go-karting, but I didn't quite get too into that. But all around, I was just, I was just a massive racing fan. Monster trucks, drag racing, NASCAR, of course. Adrenaline. And it just kind of all, yeah. It all just kind of fell off when I was like 11. But as soon as I got this laptop, when I turned 14, I discovered this game called NR2003, right? This is an old NASCAR sim by the same people who made Trading Pains, uh, not Trading Pains, iRacing, same, same people. And it has the biggest modding community that I could have ever expected from a game this old. There's people making mods from cars in the 70s, the 50s. There's people making cup mods. There's people making mods from the 90s. There's templates to them. And that's the big thing, is these templates. I just started p- 
painting them. Like I started putting numbers on them, started putting logos on them. And I was using like an old Photoshop Elements, like 13 program. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of kept making them and making them and making them until eventually I got to a point where I started posting them on like forums and people would review them and people would like them. They would download them and they would recommend you different like programs to use. And I eventually got to a point where I was making like uh, advertisements for my school and I was just kind of naturally good at it because I'd been spending years making stock cars and those are pretty much, you know, billboards with four wheels. So advertising kind of came easy to me. So I applied to, uh, I applied to CCS in Detroit, the college for creative studies for advertising design. And I segued really well into that program for the advertising design aspect. And I continued to design, I continued to work on, work on my craft, got better programs, got rendering systems. And I never really hit a, like a Twitter like ride until I combined that next gen car and the gen four car. And mm-hmm. I made, and I used an NR2003 mod for it. And that one kind of blew up. And the first guy who kind of started talking to me was uh, that Darian guy, Black Flags Matter. Yeah. And he started retweeting all my stuff. And then I made his, uh, I made his profile pick avatar with my, uh, my Wacom tablet. And nice. I so you're behind off. that. Yeah. Okay. So I kind of, I kind of took off from there. And then I saw that barstool paint scheme that you're talking about. And I, th- there was, there was like this one little detail that I hated about it. The quarter panel logo had white text and the white stroke, like the white outline on the flame was going straight through it. I'm like, all right. This doesn't <laughs> okay, fit. Guys. Yeah, I don't, I don't like this. So then I started fixing it and I just started adding more and more and more to it. So eventually I got to a point where I like rendered it on a car and I presented it. And I'm like, all right, here it is. And then keep in mind, when I, when I posted this, I wasn't by my phone the entire time. I posted this and I went and got a haircut. Right. So I was off my phone for a solid two hours. So I had no idea what was brewing on Twitter while I was sitting there getting my hair chopped off. So when I stepped in my car and looked at my notifications and saw Dave Portnoy, Dale Hart Jr., you know, the list went on and on. Uh, my music was at like 12 on the way home. It was crazy. Oh my gosh. It was, it was insane. And I just started getting a bunch of followers and people were congratulating me. And there was a bunch of, a bunch of kids that I went to high school with going, are you working with Barstool now? And I'm like, well, well, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude. Know? All the people come out the woodworks when that shit starts happening, man. You start oh making gosh, connections yeah. and doing shit. And it's like, I haven't talked to you in like four years. What the fuck do you want? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it certainly has been some. My family, uh, oh gosh, my mom has been like crying last many times. She finds out I'm doing something with NASCAR. Like this whole pro-invitational thing has really made her, made her one proud mama. You know, she's, oh, yeah. she's always been a NAS fan. Mom, she's, mama's she's, always gonna yeah. love their babies dude like i, I remember oh, yeah. when i got my first uh when i got my first xm radio spot like my mom was like telling everybody i'm like mom it's just like a like a 10 minute radio spot like it's good like <laughs> and she's yeah. like she's like oh no baby no baby like you know mm-hmm. she's just normal southern mom i mean you get you said you're just from west virginia so you know how it is but yeah dude i mean like but the the beauty of it is is that it, it's you know we're at the end of the day, like we're creatives, man. And like, you're, you're using your talents that, that you've spent so much time. It's like life, life's all about finding the things that like, like that you don't mind doing for free. And then you, when you end up just finding a way to get paid to do those things that you would normally do for free, like, it's just, it's an amazing deal. And so that's why, like, it's been, uh, and, and and not to mention the incredible work that you do. And I, I, I literally, I probably just like, 
like stroke you like so hard on Twitter because like, I'm just always just like so <laughs> grateful and thankful for like how awesome you made our paint schemes look, man. And and then I see all the other work that you're doing and, you know, like I said, you do Landon Castle's car, you had Bubba Wallace's car. Um, you know, you got the barstool car. I mean, and I'm sure that you're going to have plenty more coming up and this isn't the end of the road, dude. Like NASCAR is coming back, man. And people aren't going to forget this and people aren't going to forget what you're doing, man. So, you know, you're, you're on the right track, dude. I guarantee you two years from now, I'm going to be seeing you pretty much at every race and you're going to be telling some guy that he's putting a, uh, putting a wrap on crooked because <laughs> you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and it's awesome, man. So, I mean, that's what I said. It's just, you know, we, you got to keep rocking and rolling and just keep working hard. And not only that, but you're, you're also in school right now too. So you got that going on with that. And um, how, how much longer do you have in, in school? Uh, well, we extended for about another week. So uh, to be honest with you, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I probably shouldn't forget these things, but um, it's been, it's been real hard with the, with the shift and to the remote learning. Uh, I, I feel like, I feel like the amount of work has gotten less, but I also feel like the amount of distractions has significantly increased, especially with, you know, how much work I've been doing commission wise and with NASCAR and whatnot. It's just, it's, it's a balancing act. You can't let the scales tip because when they tip, everything just kind of falls apart. And I've had that happen so many times, but it, it all, it all depends on how you rebound. You got to rebound. You got to rebound from it. That's, that's all that matters. Right. That's it, man. You got to keep grinding and keep rolling. And, uh, and I know you're going to keep doing that, man. And, uh, like I said, a lot, a lot more great things to come super pumped and, and just, uh, man, I don't know, like I said, just keep, keep rock and roll. I'm ready to do some more work with you for sure. And, um, and I know we'll be seeing more stuff from you there, but where can everybody follow you at Noah? Uh, everyone can follow me on Twitter. That's where I am most of the time at Noah sweet seven, uh, capitalized the N and the S. I don't think that matters though. Um, I am on Instagram, believe it or not. I don't know how I have more followers on Twitter, even though there's less people on Twitter than there are Instagram, but um, right. I'm there under Noah underscore C underscore sweet. I've had that account since I was like in middle school. So uh, it's a bit old. There's a few dated posts on it. So don't, don't make fun of middle school me, please. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, that's, that's just about where I am. Um, I'm probably going to try streaming soon. I did a test stream about a few weeks ago. So hopefully I can get people involved with the kind of designs I do and people can maybe learn a thing or two of how I do things. Cause the way I do things is a bit makeshift. It's not really method. Not doesn't look professional, but it ends up looking just fine. So it's all about the illusion of making things look good. In my opinion. There you go. There you go, man. Perception is key. Always. Yep. Well, dude, thanks so much for being on. Um, I, I'm glad that this was your first podcast that, that you, that you've joined on. So we popped the cherry on garage guys. Official right, garage awesome. fan for sure. <laughs> and um we're gonna be talking to you real soon, man. But uh but take care and uh and God bless, man. Keep grinding. Uh you too, man. Thank you. All right, boys and girls, that is a wrap for NASCAR and for Easter weekend. Holy shit. Crazy stuff talking about. Uh thanks again to Noah for uh for coming on to the show last minute. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed again. You heard where to follow him at, so make sure you do that. Um, and if you're looking to get into the iRacing scene, definitely give him a shout. He is the go-to guy to get all the hottest paint schemes. Uh, dude's got a uh, hell of a craft going on for himself. But uh, let's go ahead and move into our Garage Talk segment. It is Monday, which means we have an episode of Westworld to recap. And it is Season 3, Episode 5, title of the episode, Genre. I'm going to be digging into that episode, letting you know what I thought about it. And I want to hear what you guys are thinking about it. You guys got to use the hotline too. Okay. It's time to start using the hotline more. 
And it's not just for sports. It's not just for fantasy sports. It's not just to ask DFS questions. It's literally for everything. Call me and tell me what the fuck you ate for breakfast. I don't give a shit. 929-430-GGFS. That's the number. Call it. Say something. Scream at me. Tell me who your mom's fucking. I don't care. If it's your dad, I don't want to hear about it, though. But anyway, getting into this show. Before we get into this show, this show is brought to you by Rotoballer. Right now, there's not a lot of sports going on in the world, but you know what? Rotoballer is thriving strong and taking hold of the esports DFS world. So if you're into playing uh, CSGO, if you're into playing uh, League of Legends, E-NASCAR. I'm writing E-NASCAR articles right now, guys. When we got E-NASCAR races going on, there's DFS slates to play on DraftKings. Your boy got you covered. You can get over to rotoballer.com right now and use promo code GARAGE to save 10% on your subscription to Rotoballer. Got all the hits. Got all the hits over there. It's like if it was an album, it would be number one on the charts because we're helping people bag tourneys. We're doing awesome shit, and we're finding a way to keep it real during this time without sports. So that's what we do at Rotoballer. Again, rotoballer.com, promo code GARAGE. Hop to it. Sports are coming back anyway. If you get over there now, go ahead and get in on the action. Be there, be square. So let's go ahead and roll into episode five, genre. I start watching this episode, um, eating a nice sandwich. Had me a nice turkey sandwich uh, with some chips and an ice cold Mountain Dew. Uh, ended up getting a couple sips into the Mountain Dew, had to drink water. The, the, the sugar has been too much for me. Like I said, I'm trying to diet, I'm trying to run, so I'm doing that. I'm not as fast as Dolores, but I'll get there someday. I didn't get to watch it until late Sunday night. And whenever I started the show, obviously we get this flashback to uh, Sirac and his brother in this Paris that is going through some kind of radiation or something's happening. I don't know, but basically it starts talking about humanity and you get this, this all of a sudden, like this power. I mean, you've already already had this power hungry vibe out of Syrah, but you get way more of a sense of that. And it definitely lets on to making you think a little more outside the box into like what's really happening in this world. You know, at the beginning of every episode, we've been seeing this black circle. We finally get to kind of understand what that is. It's like the sun and the moon aligning, which is basically like his alignment of keeping everything perfect in, uh, with, with this system that they have in the future that basically predicts everyone's outcome and keeps them on this path of his perfect way of humanity, which is totally against everything. But we get a lot of flashbacks in this episode. And we're going back in time. It's, it, you know, we're going into the circle and it's like loading. And we get to see young Sirach and his brother when they first made these, this oracle. And, um, you know, there's another guy that's involved there. And it looked like um, the young kid that was there or involved in this, which was strange. It looked like the kid that was a rend- like, a, I guess, a rendition or a, uh, a reprise of Ford when he was a child. That's who the kid reminded me of. And I don't know if that's an Easter egg or what, but it looked like Ford, the robot kid that was in season one, it looked like that kid. So I don't know if that was a young Ford, but it almost couldn't be a young Ford because like Ciroc doesn't seem like he's too, too old. Like he seems like maybe he's in like his late forties. So that would have everything all screwed up. It wouldn't make any sense whatsoever unless this is, 
and I could be going way off right now, guys, but unless that this world that we're in right now is a total simulation inside of this world and they're just living a simulation, which is one of the theories that I've already spoke about on this show, that right now what we're watching is just a simulation. Um, it wouldn't, it wouldn't possibly make sense, but that kid is definitely something to watch. I feel like that's something to keep note of. So let me know what you think about that. But, you know, we see him arguing with this guy about he's tired of, you know, of this, this Oracle, he's tired of, uh, of it not working right or whatever. And then they finally get to the point to where they're showing him like they're predicting the stock market, they're predicting outcomes in the earth. And then of course, people that are in the inside that have access to that technology, they want to get greedy with it. But it's like, what does Ciroc want to do with it? Obviously Ciroc is the most greedy about it, but he tries to act like he's not. Um, so we come out of that and then we go into, we jump right back in from episode four where we left off. You've got Caleb and Dolores and they've got a homeboy with them. I can never remember his name and I probably should be a better podcast host and look it up, but I'm not going to do that right now. So if you know his name, you know, it. if you don't, you don't, but basically their company's trying to get the bid on Delos as well as Ciroc. And we definitely found out that's not Ciroc's kid. As of the last episode, we recap Westworld. I think that we had stated that that was Ciroc's kid. Definitely not Ciroc's kid. So we're, they're running away and then uh, some things get tossed around or whatever. Caleb's trying to detain him and then homeboy pops this shit in Caleb's neck, which is some futuristic drug called genre that puts you through these trips that are like movies. So the whole episode is basically Caleb just tripping going through all this wild shit, like life or death situations. And he's just tripping balls on this future drug called genre. Uh, the technology is really cool. Cause there's definitely a technological aspect of the drug getting popped into your neck. Um, and it definitely has to play into some type of, uh, it's a very controlled hallucinogenic. So it's not a, it's not like acid or DMT or something that's introspective. It has a controlled element of it. So it's the same for everybody. So it definitely has to be some type of digital type of deal, which is another thing that leads me to believe that if it's a digital type of drug, then there is computer simulations that are controlling things inside of our bodies or whatever at that point in time. But, you know, we get to see the self-driving motorcycle, the self-driving cars, the cars look really weird. And then Ciroc's men start chasing after Dolores, Caleb and homeboy. And finally homeboy makes the choice to override all the systems lets them take control of the car and they get away from the shootout. And then Marshawn Lynch comes back. So we got, we got Marshawn Lynch back with the badass shirt that lights up or whatever Moody's feeling. And then a uh, home girl from, uh, from SNL. Can't remember her name, her character's name either. So forgive me on that, but they all link up and get together at this point. So they're kind of all working together now uh, just for this episode, it seemed. And basically the whole point of this episode was just to showcase Caleb's trip and for Dolores to finally achieve what she is, is wanting to achieve. So it's almost like a phase one gets started. So basically from there, there's just a lot of action. Uh, we get some more flashbacks from Ciroc. Uh, we get to watch him kind of go back in time and talk about kind of how he got where he was. They killed the other guy that didn't really believe in what they were doing. That was being greedy with it. he, crash one of his jets we see that flashback and then Dolores has full mapping of understanding and knowing what happens to everybody now so she sees that and she gets she has Ciroc's file 
So she knows it all now. She's got it all. And of course we found out that Dolores is all these other characters. Um, the, uh, the guard for, for homeboy uh, is the one that Dolores also is inhabiting. And she's got Bernard or he's got Bernard with, with him at that point with him, her Dolores man, man, Dolores security guard. That's what we'll call him. So Bernard is with him basically the whole episode and he's trying Dolores, him, her is trying to explain to Bernard why they're doing what they're doing, what's happening. And, you know, he gets to make a choice of what side he's on. Well, they ended up delivering, they get it all done. Dolores and all of them, they go get on this train and then Dolores just, just completely just explodes anarchy all over the entire world, releasing the, uh, releasing the technology showing that they everyone in the world's lives are basically predetermined. And so all hell breaks loose. And that's when, you know, we see Marshawn and, and homegirl with him, they kind of disperse. And then though, and then that's when I started noticing something. And I don't know if this was done purposely or if this was recently added in, but I saw two people with masks on in this episode. And right now with coronavirus going around everything, it was just kind of odd that there was just these two people that had masks on. First, there was a guy chilling in the subway that had a black mask over his face. And then when they were, when uh, Bernard and uh, Stubbs were on the escalator coming down, there was a woman behind them wearing a black face mask. Looks just like a, a, a N95 mask. And so I thought it was kind of odd that that was there. So if that is the case, then, you know, the producers of Westworld would have had to win in and add that recently. And maybe they did that as some kind of Easter egg, but I'm sure we'll be seeing a lot of that on the Reddit forums. If you're not following Westworld Reddit, I highly recommend you get over there and do that. Um, but yeah, so basically where we're at now is, you know, Caleb goes to these trips. The first trip's like a black and white movie trip. Then it goes into this action type deal. Then it goes into, uh, then it goes into a, um, uh, like a, a love scene where like, she's like shooting at these guys that had flipped over in a car, Ciroc's men. And he's like, just staring at her like in love. It would have been way better if the song was playing. That was like, lady, that would have been way more fitting in my opinion, but it wasn't. And, um, Marshawn warns him of like the final trip is like the worst. And by the end of the episode, when all hell is broken loose, anarchy's out, he asked him, you know, like what, what genre is this? And he said, it's reality. And it's crazy that we saw the world, you know, where it is now, Dolores's plans unfolding, the moon and the sun are getting out of alignment. Ciroc's pissed. Um, but we also learn more about the, the plot and, and what, what this Oracle thing really is, you know, and, and this whole system of, of insight that is what Ciroc owns is basically just controlling people. And then we also got a, a glimpse that maybe everything we know about Caleb isn't true because they have these rehabilitation type rooms or chambers and Ciroc even had to put his own brother in one. And we saw a lot of flashbacks when homeboy got shot on the beach and was dying where he had saw what Caleb really was. And he was just like freaked out, was walking away from, was kind of like just, just scared looking. And towards the end, we see Caleb having flashbacks of, you know, the character that was in the beginning of the show that is his friend that died, Kid Cuddy. Now I'm wondering if he's not even real, if, if all that was just planted into his head. And he's got that nano sensor in his mouth. Maybe that's something that's put in those rehabilitation things to keep people like him in check. But we saw a scene where there was 
Caleb had some old guy that had a bag over his head and it looked like he maybe was in the mafia or a gang and he pulled him there to kill him. So we're going to learn a lot more. Like Caleb obviously doesn't know who he is. And this, these, these little rooms that Ciroc has set up is obviously some kind of rehabilitation for certain types of people. Uh, maybe they just don't fit, you know, into society and he's wanting to make this u- utopian society basically is what Ciroc's done. So it's going to be interesting to see what we find out really and truly about who Caleb really is. Maybe he's going to switch it all up and be somebody really bad against Dolores. There's really no telling what's happening. The writers are doing a great job with it this season so far. Like I said, we season uh, episode four of this season was uh, incredible. But episode five was a really good follow-up. I enjoyed the episode. I thought it was really cool. I love the way that they pulled everything together. Like I said, I saw some tweets that a couple of people didn't think this was the best episode. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it gave a lot of insight, no pun intended, to what's really happening in the world. Cause that's what we're all trying to figure out right now. It's like, are, is this a simulation that they're in or is this the real world? And I'm leaning more towards this as a simulation. Um, and just seeing that kid that looked just like the Robert Ford robot child, from season one really makes me wonder if that was a flashback of way, 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 way back in the past. And all this shit was going on around the same timeline. And then Ford got a little bit older. He created his own AI humans after insight was created. And then that's where the timeline all goes. And then maybe we're somewhere so far off into the future that maybe Dolores doesn't even know. I, I could go for hours on theories, guys. One theory that I'll just say that just came off the top of my head. What if we're in a world right now that is, all the humans are in a simulation and AI already runs the world? Crazy shit to think about. There's so many different things you can, you can do and piece together. And like I said, I, I could talk for hours and I want to hear what you guys are thinking. If you guys are watching Westworld, please call in 929-430-GGFS. Call that number. Give us your theories. Let us know what you're thinking. I will play them on every Monday's episode. We'll start integrating them to Friday's episode. I'll just literally do live streams on Periscope and play them and talk about them with you guys. I have all the time in the world on my hands right now, and I've been busier than ever with with Garage Guys. I've been busier than ever with content, and I'm trying to make sure that we're putting out great stuff for you guys, for the listeners. We want you to keep sharing, you know, keep telling people about us. Tell, uh, tell people that you know to follow us on social media. Subscribe to the podcast. Rate and review. It's not just all about fantasy sports at the end of the day. We, we got a lot of other interests, and we want to know what your interests are. We're, we're here for you. We're here for the Garage fam, and we love our listeners. And I love you guys so much and appreciate you guys for sticking by us every day. All the time. No better people in the world than the Garage fam. Love the shit out of you guys. And again, let me know what your thoughts are on this episode genre. Hit me up on Twitter at Garage Guy Chase. You can hit us up at GGFS Podcast. And uh, of course, you can hit Drew up at Chef Boyardine. And we're everywhere. We're on Insta. We're on TikTok. Hit me up on TikTok at Garage Guy Chase. Make a TikTok of what you think happened. That'd be kind of weird, but do it anyway. Fuck it. Who cares? But uh, been a great show, episode 153. Again, big shout-out to Noah Sweet. You guys, be sure to go follow him. And uh, we will be back for episode 154 on Friday. 
And I'm sure we'll have a lot more uh, news on the Kyle Larson situation and everything else that's going on. Um, and hopefully we'll be talking a little bit of Ozark finishing up that second half of, uh, of our discussion of the season. So going to be fun to see what we got cooking up. But again, love you, Garage fam. Have a kick-ass week. Sports. Party. Repeat. It's the Garage Guys. 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 It's 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 the garage guys. It's it's the garage guys.